is going on? Welcome to the show. Happy Monday. Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So if I got this right, we talked about this, uh, I think it was Friday. But if I have the timeline correct here, um, Texas and Arizona start sending buses of unauthorized immigrants up to Washington, D.C., and about two months later, Joe Biden starts building the wall again. Is that, do I have the time? Well, no, something else happened between all of the polling that has been coming out showing that Hispanic voters are, are, are leaning towards the Republicans now. So that maybe that's why Joe Biden has to build the wall. Now. He's not built. He's not building the wall. He is simply. I don't know, building the wall. I mean, it's what that's what's happening. They're building the wall. There are gaps in the wall and they're filling in the gaps. That's what they're doing. The AP reports the Biden the Biden administration Thursday authorized completion of the Trump-funded US-Mexico border wall in an open area of southern Arizona near Yuma, which is just a fun place to say. So there are these four gaps in this area, and that's what makes it among the busiest corridors for illegal crossings, okay? Four gaps. So it's almost like where there is no wall, it's like easier or something to get through to America. There might be some, there might be a larger lesson with this story. I'm not sure. Oh, uh, Joe Biden tested positive uh, for COVID again this morning. It's still it's still the second. It's 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 not a third case. It's the second. He's a it's a rebound. Which is kind of interesting. Remember when he got COVID. And then somebody in his, you know, in his administration sent out the the tweet of uh, from him. It wasn't him, but he was you know, my predecessor. When he got COVID, he had to be airlifted to the hospital. But I'm working, you know, from the White House. I'm working from home while I got COVID. Yeah, well, the last guy also didn't get it twice, right? So I, I'm comparisons. This is why you don't want to you don't want to make those types of comparisons. It's too early. It's too early. So the Department of Homeland Security said in a statement that the work to complete the project near the Morelos Dam will better protect migrants who can get hurt, slipping down a slope, or even drown walking through a low section of the Colorado River. In fact, a child recently perished at one of these gaps in the wall because they knew the gaps were there. See, when they know the gaps are there, then they go to the gaps because apparently they've been told it's easier or something. I don't I don't know. So... See, this isn't, uh, he's not building the wall while building the wall. We're going to need a new definition of building the wall, I think, aren't we? Quick, to Wikipedia. Um, He's not completing the unfinished uh, portions of the wall. See, they're saving people's lives. That's what they're doing. This This is about safety. This is to show how much they care, which is an interesting argument. It's actually the argument I've been making for a very long time about just the illegal immigration problem in general. 
that you allow this system as it is currently constructed, you allow it to persist. People are then incentivized to take these risks. They are abused. They are, you know, they're killed. They're held for uh, ransom and hostages and stuff. I mean, we've got uh, stories out of Arizona about the drop houses where, uh, you know, they, the, the coyotes will bring the people and drop them in these houses. And then uh, people know where those houses are. And then they go in and kidnap and hold for ransom members, uh, you know, back, try to get money from the members of the family back home. It's just highly exploitative. So along these same lines, like, if this is the philosophy at play here, that they're looking to save lives, they're doing it for people, for their safety, then shouldn't you actually complete the whole wall? Not that you're building a wall right now as you build these sections of the wall, but wouldn't that actually prompt you to take you know into account the safety of everybody crossing at those other places? Why not? Because you know what's going to happen, right? When you when you construct the wall in these four spots, then uh, they're going to go to spots that don't have the wall. They're going to go to some other spots. And then people are going to get hurt there because accidents happen. It's a difficult journey, right? So why wouldn't you apply this philosophy across the whole southern border? The area is the third busiest crossing for migrants. According to the AP, completion of the wall was at the top of former President Donald Trump's agenda. And border security remains a potent issue for candidates of both parties going into this year's primary elections. (gasps) Wait a minute. Are you telling me there might be some sort of a political motivation going on here? That's just crazy. It's for safety. President Biden halted new wall construction after he took office, but he has since made closing these gaps just south of Yuma a priority. Democratic U.S. Senator Mark Kelly of Arizona, who is seeking his party's nomination next week to defend the seat in November, has pressed the Biden administration to close the gaps, calling them a challenge for officials trying to secure the border. Interesting. So... Mark Kelly, senator from Arizona, might be having a bit of a tough re-election battle on his hands here in November. Uh, He's up for a primary, I guess, now. Uh, So Mark Kelly is asking for the completion of the sections of the wall, which are totally not being built, just being completed is all, to fill in these gaps. And then the Biden administration says yes. So... So is this what it's going to take? So do we, is that the deal? Texas has to just, what, get a couple of U.S. senators who are Democrats? Is that the idea? If they just elect some Democrat U.S. senators, will they then be able to ask the president to not build build the wall? I guess we're going to have to come up with another term for this, right? Would this be like, just like the recession that doesn't identify as a recession, so it's a transession, would this be sort of, like a trans wall is that it's it's trans security trans border i don't know we got to think of a term here that's what we're all about solutions right it was unclear when construction would begin the statement said officials will move as expeditiously as possible while still maintaining environmental stewardship by 
consulting affected parties. Mm, yes, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, the AP goes uh, and talks to somebody named Traphagen. That's the last name, Traphagen. Or Trafagan. Maybe it's a PH. Anyway, uh, Traphagen, uh, who's an environmentalist, and uh, they're very upset because putting up the slatted posts or whatever, it messes with something, whatever. I don't know. Um, the gaps are inside an area for a barrier project previously funded by the Defense Department and will be paid for by Homeland Security Appropriations for fiscal year 2021. Now, the White House spokeswoman, Karine Jean-Pierre, she says, quote, we are not finishing the wall. <laughs> she was asked about this. And she said, we are not finishing the wall. We're cleaning up the mess that the prior administration made. We are trying to save lives. That's the spin. It's got nothing to do with the election. It's got nothing to do with, uh, with immigrants voting Republican as the, uh, the polls are now swinging towards the GOP. We're, we're supposed to believe none of this is political. It's just about your safety. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Those are the phone numbers. You can also email Pete at the thepetecalendarshow.com uh, and uh, hit me up on the Twitter machine, at Pete Calendar. That's Calendar with a K. So uh, they are not finishing the wall, the press secretary for the Biden administration says. They're not finishing the wall. They're simply... Finishing the wall in certain spots. They're just filling in a couple of gaps. We are cleaning up the mess that the prior administration made. We are trying to save lives. This is what she said. Washington Times reports more than 450 miles of barriers were built under former President Trump. And Homeland Security had plans for nearly 300 additional miles. But somebody... Somewhere, somehow, halted the construction of those 300 miles. Not really sure who might ever be to blame for that. Who did that? Wasn't Trump. He's not in office anymore. So, yeah, huh? That's right. Biden halted all the construction on his first day in office, which left the gaps. This isn't cleaning up after the previous administration. This is cleaning up after yourself. You did this. It's like the sticker on the gas tanks. You did that. There were four holes in the fence near the Morellis Dam project along the Colorado River near Yuma, Arizona. Migrants have streamed through those gaps in recent months. Now, you may even recall Mr. Biden on the campaign trail in 2020 pledging specifically that there would not be any more wall construction or transstruction, right? There will not be any more trans walls, nothing. He said, quote, there will not be another foot of wall constructed on my, uh, in my administration. Not another foot, except, well, these sections here that are in a politically necessary state like Arizona that we're trying to hold that Senate seat in November. And he he's trying to be he's trying to be tough on illegal immigration. Okay, so uh, the politics aside, 
you have Biden and the administration. And look, Biden isn't, um, you know, he didn't say what the press secretary said here. This this silliness, we are not finishing the wall. I mean, technically, no, you're not because the wall would be the entire length of the southern border. And you're not doing that. I don't know. I mean, there wasn't even funding under Trump for the entire uh, border to be done. But there was funding for 300 miles. So, no, you're not finishing the wall, but that's not what that's not what the question was. The, right. The question was about you're building the wall and they said we're not finishing the wall. We're cleaning up the mess that the prior administration made. We're trying to save lives. They're doing it for the children and the unauthorized immigrants. And I guess the cartels as well. That's who they're trying to save. You know, a lot of people here. But also to clean up the mess that the Trump administration made by, what, not getting all of the sections built before you came in and shut it all down? Is that what I'm – that's what I'm. That's the only thing I can think of. That's the only way they made this mess. That's it. Unless, oh, you're saying that maybe the whole wall and then they the, should not have been built and they were, you know, they were scrambling to build all of the rest of it and then they couldn't finish the last four sections – so that's where everybody is going. You're saying they should never have built the whole wall and then they would people would have just gone and crossed it at safer spots. Well, then why not tear it down? Why not go all Ronald Reagan like? I know the answer to my question, you know, tear down this wall. Well, why not tear it down? Why not? If right, if this is a mess, if the wall if the if the building of the wall initially was the mess, quote unquote, then why not take it down? I know my problem here is I'm I'm attempting to apply logic to this administration and sometimes it doesn't work very well. For example, here's the here's another one. Um Biden claimed that uh, the so-called Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, right? He he says it, you know, won't raise taxes on anybody making less than $400,000 per year. Yeah, not true, actually. Not true. The Nonpartisan Joint Committee on Taxation just released data over the weekend. And yes, we're all going to be paying a little bit more in taxes thanks to the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. We'll go over those numbers in a minute. Talk 1110-993-WBT. So Joe Manchin (laughs) apparently does not believe the Joint Committee on Taxation (laughs) that ran the numbers on the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. And uh, he said, oh, agree to disagree. Okay. Uh, The Senate Finance Committee, Republicans released data over the weekend from the nonpartisan Joint Committee on Taxation. That study shows that taxes will increase next calendar year for everybody under the plan except one group of people. If you make between, I'm going to give you two salary numbers here, so you're looking for this range, okay? 
if you make between 10,000 and 30,000 a year, you will not see any tax increase. So if you're if you're pulling down 20k a year, you're fine. You're you're lucky. You are in the category of non-taxation or non-tax increases for that. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's full time. I mean, it, and you go all the way up to thirty, ten to thirty thousand, and at that point, you, know, you get up to thirty thousand. Like you're at, uh, you're at radio host money. So, it's like this obviously now does not impact me at all. So, <laughs> those making under ten thousand will actually see a point three percent increase in their taxes. So he's raising taxes on people who make less than ten thousand a year. Those making between 30000 and 75000 you will see a 0.1% increase. Those making between 75000 and 100000 0.2. Those making between 100 k and half a million, 0.3%. Those making over half a million and up to a million, now we're into producer territory here like Chris, 500000 to a million dollars a year, 0.5% increase, and if you make over a million a year, it's a 0.6% increase. That's all according to the study. Now, you can say it's not a lot. It's only 0. 0.1, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6. Okay, it is still a tax increase. Along with inflation, which is now, what, 9%? A study from Penn Wharton researchers found also that the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 would actually, quote, very slightly increase inflation until 2024 and then decrease inflation thereafter. <laughs> so, well, which is fine because we were told it's that the inflation is just transitory, right? That's what Yellen told us. So... The Inflation Reduction Act doesn't actually reduce inflation until like two years down the road when, God help us, if we're still needing inflation reduced two years down the road, we're in serious trouble, right? We are in serious trouble if we are two years down the road and this is the norm. So Manchin's up there lying. Joe Biden's out there lying. I guess, well, well, to be fair, Manchin is... He's saying he's saying it's going to reduce inflation and he's saying it's going to not raise taxes. But uh, the experts say that's not true. And so he's just saying, I disagree. So he's so maybe that's not lying. He just has a different opinion because he is a very. Skilled and expert economist, as we all know, award winning, I think. Right. That's why he got sent by the good folks of West Virginia. That's why they sent him to D.C. because they're like, this guy knows economics. So I'm wondering how I'm wondering how to what lengths is the media going to go to rehab this bill before the public? Right? How far are you going to I mean you're you're redefining words, recession and you know, I guess uh, concepts like building the wall. You're you're trying to redefine that stuff. So is this going to get a similar treatment? And by the way, that only works when you know that you have people that are willing to amplify your 
nincoopery. Right? Like, there, nincompoopery. There you go. That's the word. Nincompoopery. Like, there's only one way that works. If you know that someone's going to be coming after you for everything you say, kind of like the last president, right? If you know media is going to be coming after you for everything you say, you probably don't try. Well, I say that, but, you know, Trump tried. <laughs> Trump tried too. So uh, I, I I don't know. Maybe it's uh, something about people who run for these offices. Like there's this high degree of psychopathy. I don't know. But they they just, they just lie. And the only way you can do that is if you know people are going to pick that up and amplify the message for you. Right. Do you think we're all stupid? Obviously, we're not. Biden's approval rating is somewhere. What in like 30 percent is around 30 percent. It's like the lowest ever recorded for a president ever. That's how bad it is. Now, Kurt Schlichter, retired colonel, uh, writer at townhall.com. He takes aim at. Uh, at an element here, I've, I noticed this over the last few days as well, there are. Uh, there are national media people that are, oh, very, very upset, very concerned uh, about Republicans not talking to them. <laughs> the Republican, yeah, Republican candidates, Republican elected officials, uh, for some reason or another, they don't seem too interested in returning calls and doing interviews with a lot of these, uh, you know, corporate legacy media outlets. And it's got them very upset. I mean, it. Like, the democracy is on the line here. If I don't get this interview, you know, Republicans refuse to talk with me for my stories where I, you know, drag them as racists and homophobes and bigots and what have you. Uh, Like, the democracy is over if I don't get that interview. You got to help me destroy your political career. That's what, right, democracy depends on it. Kurt Schlichter writes, there's been a rash of media hand-wringing because GOP uh, superstars like Ron DeSantis are not allowing the media access to candidates or events. Now, if you're not familiar with Kurt Schlichter's writing style, (laughs) he's over the top. He's almost like Triumph, the insult comic, the, the dog puppet. Yeah. Anyway, you are warned. The media craves the respect and cooperation due an apolitical, neutral fourth estate dedicated to informing the citizenry. But it also wants the fun and rewards that come with slavishly repeating every regime talking point as if it was the objective truth. He's exactly right. They they use the reputation that media and in some cases the actual institutions that they work at, the, the actual outlets, that those people that came before toiled away, right, built these reputations, and now you have people in these posts who basically trade on that, right? They they use that reputation for their own personal gain while behaving in a way that tarnishes the reputation and undermines uh, the very reputation that they they claim to be protecting and that they use as currency. The Republican refusal to cooperate with the media is a welcome beginning, Schlichter writes. I'm curious, do you think this is the right call? Do you agree with the colonel on this? Republicans should refuse to cooperate with the media. North Carolina's got its own example of it, right? Ted Budd.
News Talk 1110-993 WBT. So Republicans are apparently refusing to cooperate with the media. I know some of you may be thinking, like, what took so long? <laughs> Why now? Remember, the only reason the media interacts with conservatives is to attempt to cause damage to the GOP. That's Kurt Schlichter at townhall.com. The absence of the GOP in the media, so no interviews, no comments, no appearances on their stupid shows, will have the effect of stripping away any pretense of balance and fairness. He says, not that this is important to, like, if you're listening to this show right now, if you're reading his column at Town Hall, right, he says, we, you know, we already have our opinion of who the media is. But, quote, normal people who don't, you know, follow a lot of media, right, they need to see such overwhelming one-sidedness that they cannot deny or ignore it. We want normal people who stumble upon the lib media to come to their own opinion that these people are freaks and weirdos and nothing they say has any credibility. We can yell about media hypocrisy all we want, and we should, but our complaints are much less convincing to regular people than their own experience. When normal people tune out, also, the ratings and revenue drop and the media's influence declines. I'm not so sure that disengagement is the, is the correct strategy here, though. I'm not. I think, I, I, I think what is happening, he is, I think, correct in that you've got people saying crazy things. Right? They, for example, like the, we're filling in the gaps of the wall, but we're not building a wall, and it's totally Trump's fault. We're just cleaning up his mess, even though we're the ones that stopped the construction, which left the gaps in the wall, right? Or, uh, you know, we're going to pass this new spending, and it's going to combat inflation, which is caused by all of the spending, right? It's not a recession. It's a transession, right? All of these... Oh, I mean, not to mention that you get the critical race theory, the, the queer theory in the schools, all of these cultural Marxist ideologies, they are unpalatable for good reason, right? People see it, they hear these comments, they see these videos, they see what their kids are learning. And I don't know if disengagement is the right path. You got you to gotta give people the alternative, but that's, that's generally my disposition is i I want to hear all of it, you know. I want to hear, I want to hear both sides or as many sides as you know. I want to hear your arguments, and I want to hear the other side's arguments, and then I'm going to pick, you know, the correct one. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't have many opinions that I think are incorrect. Do you? All right. Here's another example of how the media is garbage. The whole Nicole Hannah Jones Fuhrer. Remember that? Nicole Hannah Jones, and I'm, by the way, I'm going to call her. Anna Nicole Smith at some point. It's going to happen. I just, I don't know what it is about her name. I always, I always mess up and say it at some point. Anyway, so Nicole Hannah Jones, right? She's the creator, the fabulist, the creator of the 1619 Project, right? This, this fictional work that uh, we're supposed to, you know, imagine these things, the founding of the countries in 1619, because that's when the first slaves uh, were brought from Africa to the New World or whatever. And, like, that's that was the project, right? And she won so many accolades for it. She got all sorts of press and publicity, and she's now like a, uh, she's like a rainmaker. 
And UNC, Chapel Hill, wanted her. Oh, they wanted her so bad. Because she was an alum, I believe. So they offered her a job. And she accepted the job. Remember this? Yeah, she accepted the job. And then people started complaining that it wasn't tenured. Why isn't it tenured? And then she pitched a fit. Why, do, why don't I have tenure? I should have tenure. I didn't. Have, they gave her a five-year contract. And obviously, you know, show us what you can do in five years. That's, you know, guaranteed. And then in, after the five years, then you, you know, probably would be on the tenure track. But UNC quickly caved. They offered her the tenure. And then she turned it down and went to Howard University, uh, where like a whole bunch of money followed her and set up some sort of, you know, whole new college for her. And that's not the end of the story. No, she hired a lawyer. And they, yeah, they hired, she hired a lawyer and they drafted a lawsuit against UNC. And guess what UNC did? That's right. They caved again. They caved again. Uh, Let's see here. $75,000. They're going to pay her as part of the settlement. But, but wait, there's more. As part of the settlement, she somehow managed to secure a bunch of diversity, equity, and inclusion sinecures for 20 university administrators. What? Per the agreement, these bureaucrats will be attached to hiring committees for new university employees. They're going to get a stipend to serve as consultants or participants in hiring searches. The damage this woman just did to UNC. Good Lord. You reap what you sow, folks. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.